0: Hello, I'm Colin Baker, known to my friends as Old Sixie, the Sixth Doctor in that wonderful series, Doctor Who. And I am proud to tell you you are listening to me. (laughs) And also Gallifrey Public Radio. The radio that brings you everything from Doctor Who to Rhino Wants a Wife, which is a book written by Lucy Baker, my daughter. It's a children's book, You can get it from fbspublishing.co.uk and it's about a rhinoceros who is lonely and wants a wife and it's illustrated by my other daughter's boyfriend. And it's a bargain. Buy it!
1: This is Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 475 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where our mustaches and goatees are sharpened and our plans for universal subjugation are ready to be discussed out loud in front of everyone at length. I'm Kier. I'm Haley. I'm Jay.
2: And I'm Julie. This week, we stack the brackets once again for a Tournament of Time competition, seeing which of the Master's incarnations is the best of the bad.
1: Just like when we did the first round of the uh, Friends of the Doctor tournament back in episode 464, this will only involve televised characters, leaving us now with eight uh, generations of the Master to work with.
3: We will have semifinals and finals of that earlier tournament as well, so keep those brackets in the back of your Trapper Keepers for future reference.
0: So these four qualifying brackets were selected with the, the role of a D8, so before you get mad at us for unfair stacking... Just blame the fates.
2: We determine the winner of each bracket with two criteria the master who had the largest impact of the program's stories and legacy, and the one who we would most enjoy seeing on screen again in some hypothetical capacity.
1: Let us begin! <laughs> Okay. Now, while the dice determined the competition, we have control over the order we discuss them. So let's start with the two masters who got very little overall screen time. That would be uh, Jeffrey Beavers as the sort of decaying master from the Keeper of Trocken arc, and Eric Roberts, the master from the 1996 TV film intended for the U.S. audience. Um, I'll go in order in which I'm seeing this on our conversation screen. So, uh, Haley, what would you say with regard to those two uh, incarnations of the master with regard to the largest impact on the Doctor Who legacy? All
3: right. So for me, this one was difficult because I had to look beavers up to remember what his role in the program had been. Um, (laughs) If you had not told me he had been a master before, I would not have known that until I looked on IMDb. (laughs) So it was a lot of makeup (laughs) as far as contributions. uh, I'm going to say that Roberts gets that. He also introduced the master as a character to a new generation when he came back in the 90s. So that's a fairly major contribution. Um, And then who do I most want to see again? I don't remember anything particularly memorable about Beavers. Again, had to look him up. Um, But I would be very interested to see what Roberts did with the role of the master now, you know. 20-something years later in his career, he's grown as an actor. I think that could be very interesting. So right. my pick on this one was Robert's. Okay.
1: Ballad
0: points all. Jay, where would you go with this? Kind of the same thing as Haley saying. Like, I, I know Beavers, and I know that that was, you know, like, I, I remember that in the procession of Masters, but overall, it's just like, well, they they needed somebody in the role to get to the next thing. So it just, it didn't feel like a, overwhelmingly like important addition to the story of the master as a whole. Okay. As far as uh, Roberts goes, it, it may have been over the top. It may have been completely goofball, but like Haley said, you know, that, that was the introduction for a new audience Mm -hmm. to the the character and love it or hate it. He's memorable. (laughs) Uh, You can't really say the same about Jeffrey Beaver's. (laughs) Okay. All right. So yeah, Julie? I'm I'm gonna have
1: to give it to Roberts. Fair. It, it, it's it's a fair assessment. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think that there the points made are super valid, and I think that I remembered Jeffrey Beavers from the names as we were going through from the Ma- the keeper of track, and so. But to Jay's point, I think that there was a need for someone to be in the role. It was a placeholder of getting the master from. Not in the story to being what he became with Ainley. And I think that you had to have that without spoiling anything, hence the makeup and all of the other stuff. And I don't think that that necessarily needs to be reprised. But I agree. I would love to see Eric Roberts again and to see what he would do differently. And also, I think the costuming was really fabulous. And I'd like to see that in a modern style, like a little more chic, but still... Over the top with the the flowing robes. I just think that would be a really interesting master. Now
0: we can Go lose ahead. the context though. That we can
1: skip. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, agreed.
1: Yeah. True. Um, all right. Well, it's it's. I'm not going to say that it's unanimous, but I'm I'm sort of I'm, I'm clearly the 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 die has been cast as far as as advancement through the brackets. I would still say personally, that I think I give Jeffrey Beavers a lot of credit for figuring out a way to be that transition. Um, and the, and his representation of, of what really had a lot of Delgado's um, uh, seething sort of cynical aspects, uh, but being able to still stay the uh, the megalomaniacal and behind the scenes hyper intelligent and trying to work the very long game. Uh, that was being done through the through the track and series i think that was just an interesting uh, an interesting take on the master in dire straits you know running out of regenerations body decaying you know what's going to happen i think it's a really uh, interesting use roberts's master interpretation is what it is it is it's it's almost it's villainous to the point of insanity um, which can work Uh, i just don't know how much of that i would want to see I would. I think. I personally would rather see a master who's a little bit more of a at a point of desperation than rather than at a point of of just well I- insanity of just being absolutely off his nut. That if, I feel like you can only go so far with that uh, as far as you know what you can what you can put into the character. It, it's very limiting in that regard. You're either nuts or you're bug nuts. So <laughs> which is it gonna be? But fair. I absolutely understand your points, and, and that is a valid assessment, and the bracket continues. So uh, Eric Roberts advances to the next round.
3: All right, so things get tougher as we get to the next lineup with Sasha Dewan's Spy Master and Derek Jacoby's Yana Master, who is also now recognized as the War Master in Big Finish Stories. So I will point my finger at Jay to go first for this round.
0: Talking about being off your uh, your nut. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I love the Yana Master because it was a twist that I didn't see coming. It was an exciting kind of thing, but I I have to give it to Sasha Dewan. I mean, the spy master is just, he took this character that we all know and love and have like seen different iterations of, even if you're only in new who, you know, he's now gone through multiple iterations and gave us a new twist on it. That just, I mean, just, I, I love that, that personification. And, and I feel like it—it it was the a, a much more full addition to the story. So I, I have to give it to to Dewan.
2: I am not going to disagree yet again. I, <laughs> for similar reasons as well, I think that when when Sasha Dewan appeared and just I could watch that scene over and over again, where his entrance and just the over-the-top bravado, but still somehow humbly that role. It just makes it chef's kiss, right? Like, mwah. it's just so good. <laughs> but I do think that there was something really important about Derek Jacoby's performance, and that he would... It, it would be missing something if he didn't get uh, honorable mention, and and I, I think that it's, it is definitely worth checking out additional stories, but... I will want to see more of Sasha again and again.
1: I think both Dewan and Jacobi have the the opportunity to be able to rest their laurels on a great reveal, right? Mm-hmm. And that always has, that's something that has become the stock in trade for the master. If you want the master to be someone that really kind of, you know, knocks you back on your heels, you want one where he's been, uh, he or or she or they, have been hidden in plain sight the whole time. And, and all of the really great impactful uh reveals have been like that you think of missy's reveal you think of uh of ainley's reveal when he was you know when he sort of takes on the person you know takes on the the visage of of uh um of romana's uh father and everything it, it's just there's so much uh there's so much to be said about Both of the both the Yana reveal, I mean he gets he gets the big booming to go, I am the master. You know, it really gets to lay into it. Whereas Dewan and that scene in the plane where he's just waiting and he's come on, wait for the penny to drop, come on, bring it, bring it. It's just these are these are masterful, pun intended, uh, opportunities to really, really stretch your acting legs, right? Mm -hmm. But to your points duan has had more of an opportunity at least in televised uh, opportunities to be able to really give dimension to the character and really be able to show him at the quiet moments the pensive moments the villainous moments the the okay uh, i gotta pivot my, my plans are shifting moments to the i'm trapped somewhere in this netherworld or on some weird planet somebody get me off of this thing we don't uh, so so. To the point of who do we want to see back again? I need to see him back again. (laughs) I need closure to this because he's in a very, very weird place. And I would feel robbed if I just got, you know, somebody a year from now, two years from now, the next iteration of the master. And and you never get an explanation of how the hell he got out of that weird forest of the dead thing. Yeah, it has to be Sasha. Sorry, Sir Derek. Okay.
3: I, I'm glad y'all are so confident. This was the hardest one for me in, in the whole bracket. This was the hardest matchup for me to make the decision on all criteria. Um, I love Sasha and his portrayal. But if you're talking about greater contribution, Jacoby is the modern audience's first time that seeing The Master. If you came into Modern Who, not having watched the classic series, not having seen the movie... Like I did, like a lot of people did. This is your first experience of the master. So for greatest contribution, even though we didn't get a lot of him, I did have to give that one to Jacoby. And then most want to see again. I was thinking who I want to see more of. And because we got so little of Jacoby's master, I'm like, I, I would like to see what he could do with extended time in the role. I know he's had more in Big Finish, but I haven't listened to Big Finish. Shame on me. But if they did like a little mini series of his master getting up to trouble, I would love to watch that. I I know we're gonna get more of Sasha, and I'm excited about that. But for this round, as much as it hurt me, I did have to give it to the Yana Master.
1: There are thankfully some some decent you know three to four to to eight minute uh, sort of supercuts of War Master material that you can just get on YouTube. Just get the audio on YouTube and just be able to see what he's been doing uh, with that. Yeah. working that pocket of time before we got a chance to see him televised
2: and you get some of the great companions that were on around that time too Yeah, they really pulled true. some really cool ones
0: in Yeah. so in, in true master fashion we're going to get just a little bit more evil now and we're going to pit Anthony Ainley's master up against John Sim oof I'm going to start with Julie on this one so that you can't just agree with somebody. Oh,
2: no. (laughs) This is not how I like to do things. No, that's okay. I struggled with this one the most because I think they both had such a strong influence on the show, and I think that what finally got it for me was just kind of sitting back and thinking about the gravitas on camera of the two because I love their stories and I want to see both of them but I think that Ainley just ate it up a little bit more than Sim and I I don't think that you can have the run that he had and not have as much of an impact and I know that John Sim was kind of against uh, my favorite doctor because I'm uh, attendance my my doctor and I think that the stories that he was given had a little bit more power for him, at least for what I've seen so far. But I think the way that Ainley just appears and continues to just, um, yeah, steal the scene, steal the story, and just make it all about his the, his appearance and his portrayal, I would have him move forward in the bracket.
1: Kier? Hmm. well, there's the challenge I see in this is that both of these masters are ones that revelled in the revelled in the reveal every time and and not just a matter of oh you know this is the first time you're seeing me in this face but you thought you were done seeing me and I'm back again uh, almost to the point where you would say, "Oh well, didn't Ainley get? You know, he just he showed up over and over. It was it was this mask, it was this hood, it was this <laughs> funny hat he would hide behind, and so forth." Yet, no, the reason why his tenure was as long as it was and ran from you know Baker to uh, um, to McCoy is because he was just so damn good, um, and you just and he kept adding more layers of how much more. Bonkers can he get? And he just kept getting more so. Oh, okay. Now he has fangs and snake eyes. Okay, we're going way over the top. And it still works. And that was really where a lot of the beginning of the um, especially towards the end, we start getting into McCoy's era, where really sort of working the frenemy aspect of it. Um, Haley will get to this uh eventually and she'll be able to Spoilers. fully appreciate it, but no, <laughs> kind of well, happens. Well, we've seen a little bit of that already.
2: <laughs> right. Like the, a world without the doctor is, or a uni, what does he say? A universe without the doctor is one not worth living and then goes and saves him.
1: Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. He needs the challenge and there is no greater challenge. So but now when, with wanting to see them again, I thought about this for a little while and I thought, you know what? Sim got his return. He got this amazing return for one more shot and it was great. He got one more reveal. He got to play that that weird little hermit, and you know, and uh, and, and then got his full reveal and looked fantastic. He got rid of the the bleach tips. <laughs> you know, he got to dance with himself. It was fantastic. Um, he's he had his shot. I would I would want to be able to see just one one more uh, simply because of the fact. Uh, also because McCoy's era and everything getting sort of cut a little bit abruptly, you know, not really preparing for, you know, in full knowledge that, that, that was going to be the, the, the closure with it. Um, he could have had one last crack at it. So yeah, I'd, I would say Ainley. Haley.
3: So again, I have to preface my discussions. Um, I have not seen a lot of Ainley's run at this point. I, I've seen, you know, the beginning of it, but I haven't seen where he goes with the role. So with that in mind, his what I've seen of him so far feels a lot like a continuation of Delgado's master in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. whereas again, being a new who viewer, Sims was the first like really seeing the master and what his dastardly plans are uh, you know, as part of this new audience. So again, greater contribution for me and the audience that I'm coming from. I had to go with Sim on that that criteria um. And most want to see again, maybe it's because I haven't had time to fall in love with Ainley yet, but I would always love to see Sim be the master again. So I put him there as well, and he wins this this round for me, which is probably not enough for him to advance. (laughs) I'm
0: about to find out. Well, I mean, to Haley's point, Sim was my first master. I didn't know the character before John Sim. So... In thinking of like what is the master to the story of Doctor Who, that's where my brain defaults to because he is he personified it for me for a very very long time. But to Kier's point, Ainley was on the show for so long that it just he owned the role for such a long time, especially because it was kind of that formulaic thing of like let's bring the master back and do this thing again, and it just it over and over and over again, and he had much more of a chance to uh, to put himself into the story. As far as who I want to see again, again, like, it, we saw John Sim return, and it was fantastic. I never get tired of Ainley on the screen. <laughs> Just especially because, like, no matter how many times I see him, there's always that moment of like, oh, that's right, that was him. Like, he's, <laughs> he's so great in the disguises that even as a viewer, I'm fooled. So it's, I have to give it to Ainley. Uh, it, it is a gut-wrenching call, but somebody has to get cut. So I I think Ainley has to advance here.
2: Nice. And that brings us to our final grouping here, which uh, now things just get plain awful because this leaves us with Roger Delgado versus Michelle Gomez. And to keep it going, Kier, you got to go first.
1: I need to reiterate here. This (laughs) was from a dice roll. This was evil. This was actually the first bracket Filled <laughs> as you'll see, like when you see the when you see the graphic laid out, I did those in sequence, and that <laughs> was the way it came out. And as soon as the you know first one rolled, I'm like, all oh, right, kicking off with Delgado. This is gonna be great. Who's gonna go up against him? I rolled it again. I, oh no! It's
3: funny. This first round is awful, but I feel like when we do the semifinals and the finals, it's gonna be easier.
1: I think so too. <laughs> but let, 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 let's go through this band aid tear right here. Mm-hmm. Um whew, Greater contribution to the the full story and legacy of who i'm going to give that one to delgado because in the creation of the role and in determining the foundation for who this individual is within the doctor's life and the and the risk that that this individual poses on the universe and the fabric of space time itself is is something that he built out of whole cloth so that's it. everything that goes forward from that is standing on the shoulders of that giant. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> when it comes to wanting to see again, though, I'm split on this because I really, really, as a completionist, really, really need to know what happened when Missy went down the elevator with the wound. I need to know how she exited I need to see Missy's regeneration. I don't care if it went into Dewan or went went <laughs> f- to five other masters that we have yet to meet out uh, you, know, a, a, you know anachronistically um
2: that snake guy from <laughs> yeah <there you> <laughs> but,
1: but but that's i i need I, I I'm still craving that button, and for that alone, I would want to see. Gomez's missy representation one more time so I it, it, given only two criteria and having to figure out who advances my my personal wish for who I'd love to see on screen again cannot topple the importance of an individual's contribution to the overall storyline so i'm I'm giving this one to Delgado
3: and Haley <laughs> so. Greatest contribution, I don't think you can argue it's anybody but Delgado. You know, he created the role. He's the reason that all these other regenerations of the Master exist. I do have to give Gomez an honorable mention in this category because she is the first female iteration of the Master that we see. So it's not that she didn't have great contributions. It's just when you're up against a giant, there's only so much you can do. Um, Most want to see again. I would watch Michelle Gomez read a phone book. I... I would watch her read the full book as Missy. That's I don't care what she wants to do on screen. I want her on my screen. And I'm the opposite of Cure. Like, that is such an important part to me that I give her the round.
1: Fair. Totally fair.
2: And Jay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, you got to do it.
0: (laughs) This one is brutal. And, I mean, like it's been said, we wouldn't be sitting here discussing this without Delgado. It is... Because of his performance that the character came back, you know, the the things that he brought to it made it such a lasting character that we have all of these iterations. That said, I feel like Missy was the first time that the character became a whole person up until that point. Every iteration was an adversary of the doctor. And there were shades and things in that, but that was the number one criteria for that character where Missy made her a full person and really gave that character its own life separate from the doctor. And for that, I'm going to piss a bunch of people off and say that I think that Michelle Gomez wins the, the biggest contribution here because it, it took this character from being strictly an adversary into being a full-blooded character. Now, as far as who I want to see back, I feel like we were robbed with Delgado. I feel like we there there should have been more. His passing robbed us of what could have been the greatest uh segment of the character. We don't know. But to Haley's point, Michelle Gomez is so entertaining. There is nothing that I don't want to watch her do. So I I'm going to give it to Gomez. All right, Julie.
2: So I don't think I could say these things better than all of you have. Uh, I do. I really do think that the the beginning of this role was so important, and I do. I completely agree with what Jay and Haley are saying about how Gomez made the master become something more. She had wants and cares and love that, and you understood her motives from her perspective, which was something I don't think you got a ton of other than just world domination for the sake of it with other previous doctors or masters, not doctors. (laughs) However, I would most want to see Roger Delgado again because I remember watching the last few and then realizing that that was the last time that we would see him. And I just was, Mm -hmm. I was completely shocked and I just wanted more of that. So mm. I would put him up just because he's, for me, both of those brackets, again, I would watch Michelle Gomez do anything. And I'm pretty sure we watched her read some of a uh, phone book at galley or something. <laughs> it was something like a receipt. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but somebody asked. And something, yeah, did. something like that. Yeah. Or a, or a page out of the dictionary. Page, it was something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But I, for me, because both of those, I mean, yeah, worst decision we have to make. Um, but yeah, I would go with Delgado. So I know that puts us in a bit of a conundrum here because this is a 2v2 two two vote. So,
1: okay, so that means then for this last qualifying bracket, we have to leave it to listener contributions. We've had a couple of folks chime in already Had that have filled out the entire bracket you know, all We always start to finish. Absolutely fine. Thank you so much. We love your contributions on that. As this episode drops and you now know the conundrum that we're in... <laughs> we're going to need a little bit of uh, an assist in moving this on to the uh the semifinals for the when we get down to the uh to the f- the, f- the four participants. So at this point,
2: you all must feel the same pain as we feel and make <laughs> your choice.
1: That's true. So at this point we've got um we have Eric Roberts uh advancing uh to go up against uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sasha, Sasha Dewan. Yeah, Sasha mm-hmm. Dewan. All mm-hmm. right. And then we will have um Anthony Ainley. Anthony Ainley going up against whoever we can determine uh, advances from the Delgado v. Gomez bracket. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Because then that also (laughs) means that by the time you get to the semifinals and you have to put uh, Anthony Ainley up against either one of these, that still sucks. This was the worst decision we've had in many, many, many episodes. You're welcome. (laughs)
2: You rolled these dice.
1: I will throw that D8 in the trash. (laughs) You know,
2: as the DM of games like this, you're allowed to just move things around when you want to. Didn't 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 this happen the last time we did a bracket? It was terrible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But the Ugh. reason why I left it was because not only am I a, a, uh, a GM on this, I'm also a player, and <laughs> I have to I have to subject myself to the the rules of the uh. dice. So. We're going to need your <laughs> assist on this. So uh, just like we said that in uh, in an upcoming episode, hopefully not too long from now, we're going to be able to to do uh, the semifinals for the uh, Friends of the Doctor that we've done and, and everything in advance from that. Go back and re-listen to 464 if you haven't, because I'm going to have to just to figure out where we left off. Uh, but we we wanted to be able to do that sort of as a, maybe a a b B-side segment to to another episode we have upcoming. We've got this one as well. We even have ones coming down the pike where we're going to have to start setting up these brackets for companions. And then when it gets really, really rough. When we uh, really hate ourselves. Yeah. We'll (laughs) we'll go uh, for for the the Doctor V Doctor competitions. But we're going to wait on that until Haley has more classic Who uh, under her belt. So
3: There's a couple of doctors I'm not thoroughly exposed to.
1: Yeah. So she needs to make sure... (laughs) <laughs> he my, wants to make might might sure doctors be really, expose themselves to Haley so uh, that then, you don't know my really
2: personal
1: <laughs> i'm not kink shaming it's all right <laughs> all
0: right well we've we have subjected ourselves to enough pain let's let's go ahead and move on to the news <laughs>
1: Well, the pain isn't actually complete. We well, need true. to make sure that we absolutely take a moment uh, to recognize that since our last recording, uh, we had the horrific news that we lost uh, Bernard Cribbins uh, in, in, in at age 92, 93. 92, yeah. Yeah. Um, an amazing CV of work. Uh, it's one of, those, one of those opportunities where you don't really realize until events like this, exactly how much of a, a, a body of acting uh, that he had done over the decades. It's in, incredible, absolutely incredible. And the outpouring from the community, the outpouring from fans, and the outpouring from past cast and crew who had been honored enough to be able to uh, to share a set with him um, has, has been almost as heartbreaking as the news itself. So, to the stars, sir, we're going to miss you terribly. Yeah, and some
0: happier news. Uh, it, it looks like... Uh, Shudi Gatwa is actually going to return for season four of Sex Education while filming Doctor Who.
1: Yeah, Julie and I were wondering about this because the we had sort of plowed through really quickly through Sex Education, watched the the whole everything that was available to us in the Netflix series in a, a very short amount of time, uh, and we were just devouring everything we could get from Gatwa's performances and and and, and wanting to know we're trying to see how how's how how are those acting choices going to map to the Doctor? You know how sassy is going to be? Mm-hmm. How you know how. You thought Matt Smith had flappy hands. I mean, he he got what jumps off the ground at times when he's expressing himself over certain things or leaps off of walls. He does like parkour hops on things for no apparent reason. So there's gonna be a lot of energy there. But how does it work out logistically? Um, knowing that they're going to be doing some principal filming very soon. They've been you know, trying to get what they can uh, settled for the 60th celebration and stuff, but they've got to get cracking on series 14 soon i guess they're gonna figure out how to split their shooting schedules
2: i would imagine Mm. that sex education may film before but they've already probably got stories in the works and some scripts through yeah because they knew a little earlier
3: yeah i'm also pretty sure i've heard netflix series have a very quick production schedule like they Mm, really bust through material
1: Mm. if yeah or maybe they can if they stack their filming up really tight they make up all the time delay in the post production because they've got batteries and banks and, 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 and full arrays of of, uh, of production organizations that they can work with.
2: Also keep in mind that that show has four sets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they're <laughs> like four locations. And they're
2: not like they're not complicated <laughs> sets. It's two houses, a school, and a road. So you don't have yes. to do well, a lot to really book that
3: the and bus travel stop and anywhere. The, and the convenience yeah. store. Yeah. Yeah, also an ensemble should...
2: cast
0: Add that to the fact that, that Gatwa has more energy than most star systems. Uh, and <laughs> you, you just record for like seven days straight. He'll be good. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. They might have to do something like that where they stack up all the scenes they're going to be working with him. Because uh, the other thing that I've been noticing about the show is that there's a huge n- uh, percentage of the cast that's not going to be returning. For, uh, for season four for that show?
2: I'm um, okay with just following his character and finding out what happens in his life, really. So let's just do that.
1: We just bring it down. It's just, <laughs> yep, yeah. yeah, that's all it is. But yeah, so the, I mean, the writers have uh, a huge task to deal with in just figuring out how, to Haley's point about having an ensemble this big, when you lose six of them out of the 20 or so characters, 15, 20 or so characters that you sort of keep tabs on between the the A and the B tier characters. Six of them walk out the door, including some of the, what you would consider to be the headliners. You're like, all right, what do you do with this now? And it all gets kind of upended. They might be able to figure out something in that to say, all right, while we're dealing with all of this mess, we also have to figure out the fact that we've got to keep Eric's scenes boxed in a little bit for logistics reasons. So uh, more power to them if they can get it done without uh, without suffering on one series or the other. This last item I put in doesn't get discussed a whole lot because i don't really know if people know how to interpret what was said so you neil know, patrick harris was talking with a variety podcast i believe one of Variety's you know zine podcasts and was talking about you know a bunch of things you know talking about his career some of the productions he's been working on recently uh, been you know super super pleased he loves talking about his family that's a huge point of conversation and everything and then they were saying, okay, well, you know, you're going to be involved in the 60th. This is a great thing. super excited about it. And he mentioned, like, really, really quickly, just sort of blasted through, or maybe this was the only segment that, that really kind of caught the, uh, caught the mic, was that I got to meet and interact with him, meaning Shutigatwa, a bit, and he's glorious. Um, then he goes on to say, he'll be the first gay doctor, which is going to be super cool, a sexier doctor. I do don't know what to make of that sentence. I don't know if he's talking about the doctor character, whether he's talking about Shuti, because it, you know that's something that, that Gottwood keeps very private. He doesn't really discuss his relationships or sexuality. It's, it's his business. He keeps it off mm-hmm. camera and, and, and off the tabloids and things. But it but what, what does this mean?
2: <laughs> I can't imagine that they would have talked about the doctor. Doctor specifically, so my bet would be the latter. But I also, yeah, yeah not
1: sure. Ah, it's really puzzling. Yeah. But I think even if it were a matter of the character, okay, just it's gender fluid, and everything. I mean literally from iteration to iteration of within the regenerations, it could be. And we've gotten to the point now where we've. Been able to to uh, increase the um, representation and diversity within the characters and the casting of characters, so it could be any of these things, and still just roll through like the juggernaut that it's going to be under Rtd two. That's I, that's are what you I'm proud, referring are you proud to. Proud of that? that? No, mm-hmm. it wasn't mine. Okay, okay. It's just that's <laughs> what I think in my head. It's either that or you call it like Russell Redux or something yeah. like that. He, it, he's it proud
3: that he got the letters and the number in the right order on the first try. I did. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: so tough. That's
0: when we come back in a couple of weeks, we're going to be going back to our Sarah Jane rewatch with the secrets of the
1: stars. Yeah, we dealt with a weird clown last time, and now we're going to deal with... We the don't talk dealt. about
2: the clowns, though.
1: We dealt with them. They've been dealt with. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're not mm-hmm.
2: supposed to mention them.
1: Oh, oh, it's like clown fight club. No, you're not supposed to say that word. Oh, crap.
3: <laughs> you say clown three times on the podcast, one appears behind
2: you.
1: Oh, man, that's why I have no mirrors in the studio.
2: <laughs> I have glasses on, they could reflect. <laughs> ah. <laughs>
0: This has been episode 475 of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, Killing you once was never enough for me, Doctor. How gratifying to do it three times over.
1: (laughs) And this is Kira saying, It doesn't matter which master comes back for one more shot around, as long as they have a gigantic collar on their jacket, I am set.
2: (laughs) And this is Julie saying... Really, whoever comes out at the top of this bracket, I just want more of the master there. That doesn't matter who. Just bring them all back. One episode. It'll be great. Uh, this is Haley saying, Oh, Missy, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next time. Amo
3: Cheers. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, instagram and youtube or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at you can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477 that's 754 call gpr and you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show everything's got to end sometime otherwise nothing would ever get started join us next week for a brand new episode is copyright 2022. See you next week.